One of my all-time favorite people is joining us this hour, and I like Marianne Winkowski for her tremendous personality. But you probably are more aware of her for her unbelievable talent. Uh, You see, Marianne sees ghosts. Now, this is not quite the same as those who have completely crossed over to the other side, but those walking among us who are still here, the earthbound spirits, if you will, she sees them just like she sees you. And oh yeah, she can see them over the phone too. And I'll bet there's been more of them in the pandemic. We'll find out as we welcome Marianne Winkowski to WGN Radio. How are you, Marianne? Oh, I'm terrific. How are you? I'm doing fine. And I'm uh, probably doing better than a lot of people right now because it's just such a, an absolutely crazy time of year. And, of course, years are often crazy for you, given your proclivity for seeing those that the rest of us don't. But I guess I'll jump in right there. Has it been crazier during the pandemic? Well, it sure has, just for the simple reason that an earthbound spirit uh, needs human energy to keep going, and everybody is so stressed out and worried and scared, and they don't know what's happening, and they miss family and friends, and they can't go anywhere. So the tension in houses is horrible. Uh, I, I, I'm projecting that there's probably going to be a ton of divorces after this, or a lot of babies. Yeah. <laughs> funny, funny you say that, because, of course, in the beginning, they were trying to put the happy face on it and saying about how people would become closer together. And all I could think about was increased homicide and divorce rates. So I'm definitely on that page. Yeah, you got that. So, no, it's like ghosts on steroids right now. They're having a ball with this. They truly are causing all kinds of problems in houses. As a matter of fact, um, As you know, I get called to a lot of funerals because everybody attends their own funeral when they die. And a lot of people want to know, oh, where's the key to the safety deposit box? Or lately it's been what's the password for the computer. But uh, I've got, I can't do funerals now because of the virus. Right. But it's been horrible. Since January, I've done seven virtual funerals just for teenagers. Oh, no. Now, Six girls, one boy. Were, I'll tell you, kids are social, and this being stuck in the house, they're not taking it well. Were these suicides? Yes, they sir. Yes, absolutely. Oh, my God. Yep. Uh, yes, yeah, seven and in I one did year. virtual wow. funerals with four of them. Yeah. And the weirdest thing, Raleigh, they are not sorry they're dead. You know, I'm not, I'm not that surprised. What I am surprised is they haven't crossed over yet. Now, in all cases, were you able to entice them to do that? Oh, I'm talking to them at their virtual uh, uh, viewing. Oh, so so they, they still have time. Their white light will stay with them for 48 to 72 hours after the final memorial service. Okay. Well, now they're pretty quick one viewing and you're done yeah but so when i'm still but no oh no they're they're none of them are staying they want to go see their friends and the like oh man Uh, it's the most bizarre thing i and parents are just I, i guess i think what it is it's like how did i not see this coming 
you know, how did I not see how depressed she was or how she stayed in the room all the time or she wouldn't talk to us and she wasn't eating and she was cutting and, I, you know, I guess if somebody is going to do it, they're going to do it. But it, that's, that's, been, that's been the saddest thing that I think I've seen with this virus, how it's affecting the teenagers. Oh, I'll bet. That, that's absolutely crushing. And I'm sure the parents are beside themselves, because in many, in many cases, I bet these parents were at home. It's not that they were, uh, you know, working to death somewhere else. They were right there and didn't see it. And, of course, yes. they didn't want to see it. And that's the problem, because, then the, I mean, the guilt that families have when somebody commits suicide is unbelievable. But this is like ten times worse, because I was right here and I didn't know it. I didn't know that she got the gun out of the locked cabinet. Didn't know that, that you know, that her the, the, the ceiling fan would have been high enough or she could hang herself. I mean, it's ridiculous. And... You know, you can't beat yourself up. I mean, we're all in this, you know, we're all in the same boat with this thing. But it, it's it's really sad. This it's, it's, I hope next year is way better than this year. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, of course, hope that too, but I don't hold out all that much, much hope for it. Now, obviously, when you are invited to these settings, the parents are really looking for some type of comfort from the deceased, and in the case of uh, teen suicide, even more so. Uh, so clearly, you, you kind of talk to these kids, I'm sure, about why they did it. What did they tell you? Well, the thing is this, my, if I'm in the funeral home for a normal funeral, of course, the spirit is standing right there, and, and I, it's so easy for me to talk to them because I'm standing right next to them. But over a computer, when they're doing with a, um, a cell phone, uh, or, I, I, I don't understand how that works, but, you know, I'm viewing them, the parents are talking to me, the first question out of their mouth is, why? Yeah. And, you know, and she's, you know, they're standing right there. They can hear everything that they're, all the questions that I'm being asked, they can hear. And the crazy part is, some of them are, some of them look repentant, like, I, I guess I really shouldn't have done it, look how bad mom and dad are taking it. But other ones are, they're like that uh-huh. figures didn't even notice me, just didn't pay any attention to me, always about them. You know, you have to remember when somebody dies and they're not in the light, they have the same personality they had when they were alive. So if they were, oh, what should I say, um, into themselves or drama queens or whatever mm-hmm. you want to say, they're, they're still the same way. Some of them are sorry, but most of them said they're so glad that it's over and they don't have to, you know, they just don't want to do this anymore. Not one of them was going to stay. Every one of them was going to cross over. And the one boy, I guess, is, I guess teenage boys must be able to handle this better than teenage girls. That's all I can figure out. And... He was going to cross over, too. He had lost a brother in the service, so he wanted to go see his brother. So, yeah, they were going to go. But like I said, I think it was just, it, it's a, 
it's just something extra that I don't think anybody thought about coming out of this. I mean, yeah, businesses are going to be gone. That you know, the economy is never going to be the same again. Whatever. But this was a little side trip that I don't think anybody even thought about. Oh, I don't either. And uh, even for the kids who are nowhere near that decision, just the uh, the changes in the pandemic, the uh, distant learning and all that stuff is affecting mm-hmm. kids, uh, even younger kids, tremendously. A- at the same time, you kind of say to yourself, well, you know, taking that final step, going through suicide, this had to start way before the pandemic. Uh, the old, yeah, this was the straw on the, on the proverbial camel's back. But I would think, like the kid who said, yep, that's like I'm self-absorbed or whatever, you know, not looking at me. These things started long before this pandemic, I would imagine. You know, normally I would say you're 100% correct, but in out of the six girls, I could see three of them. Yeah, three of them that were probably in that vein, you know, they yeah. were always, well, if I can't do what I want, then I'm going to kill myself. You know, kids yeah. threaten that sometimes. Oh, of you course. have to pay attention when they do it, but they do do it. Yeah. The other three, I was so shocked that they did it. The one was, their family was extremely religious, and that really surprised me, because I thought, wow, of all of them, you know, but, you know, she she was, she was going to do it, and that's that. Fascinating. So, yeah, and and there was one or two ghosts that were attached to two of the girls. And but those ghosts that attach to kids like that, like kids that are sent to rehab centers, uh-huh. you know, for drugs or something like that, those places are full of earthbound spirits. And, you know, a lot of these people, and adults also, Adults go to rehab centers, they go for yeah. alcohol, for drugs, and they swear with all the counseling and however long they're in there, I am not going to do this. I swear I am not going to ever do this again. But heavens forbid, if they leave that, that you know, institution and there's an earthbound spirit attached to them that died from a drug overdose or died from alcohol abuse, that person is going to be off the wagon within six weeks. Whoa. That's uh, yep. sobering, to say the least. No pun intended. I'm talking with Mary Ann Winkowski. By the way, on Raleigh.net, I've got the links to MaryAnnWinkowski.com, also to Mary Ann's YouTube channel. She has a really neat thing on Wednesday. She also does Zoom sessions, which we'll tell you about. But at this point, for the next 40 minutes or so, if you would like to know what is in your surroundings, well, Mary Ann can see them. So give us a call, 888-876-5593. That's 888 888- R-O-L-L-Y-E on WGN Radio. WGN Radio. I'm Raleigh James. I'm going to forgo a bumper because I don't want to miss a minute of Marianne Winkowski. And as I suspected, oh, we have calls. So I have a lot of questions, but I know there are some folks who have even more of them. So we'll start with Mars in, I know he won't either. He's not there. Uh, Well, he will be. But Leah is in Marcus Hook. Hello, Leah. You tonight. All right. Um, I would just like to ask your psychic if I have any earthbound spirits around. Um, you know, it's interesting. 
There is somebody that comes in and out on occasion. They're not there all the time. I would guess that sometimes the house feels perfectly fine, and then other times it feels like it's crazy in the house. You can hear things. Other times you don't. So when you don't hear the things, you think, oh, just I'm just, it's just outside noise. You don't pay attention to it. And I have found out over the years that when you don't have a ghost living in your house 24-7, that it's usually a relative that has not crossed over and is coming and visiting. Because if it was a relative or a friend that stayed with you 24-7, if you had kids under the age of, say, Nine, ten, they would be sick all the time with ear, nose, throat, and upper respiratory problems, or adults, bad headaches, lower intestinal problems, tired all the time. They're like okay. energy vampires. They just suck the energy out of you. So right. a relative isn't going to do that to you. So they only come through, oh, I don't know, maybe twice a week, stay for a couple hours, and they'll then go visit other friends or, or relatives. I think that's what you've got going. It's a man, I will tell you that, and he's about uh, 65 years old. Okay. Um, I think I know who that is. Thank you. Really? Sure. Really? All yeah. right. All right, Leah. Well, you've got company. Thank you. Right, on, a, on occasion. Yeah, good deal. Okay, that's that's good enough on occasion. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. Thanks for calling, Leah. Thanks. All right. So that, that's actually good news. So when they when they're just dropping by like that, they're not necessarily the problem that uh, that you often encounter in some of these homes. And I should mention, I don't want to hog you because we do have guests, but uh, callers. But your stories are just fabulous. Uh, the guy whose mother was upstairs, dead for a long <laughs> period of time, and and the guy at the funeral parlor who wanted you to tell the bereaving uh, family that, oh yeah, well I had a kid with the next door neighbor. This was. Just just classic. But uh, let's see. I have a feeling whoever's ever calling will not top that call. But Mark in St. Louis will find out. Welcome to WGN Radio. Thank you, Raleigh. How you doing tonight? Love All right. Show. Thank you. Yeah, I'd like to find out about my dad and my sister-in-law. Passed away uh, three and two years, respectively. I, I never said goodbye to my dad. The last thing I said, my dad said to me was... Uh, they wouldn't give him any water in the hospital. He said, said to me, he said, Mark, be a man and give me a drink. Oh. And well, I did it. Uh, they said not to. Oh, man. Man, now, of, yeah. of course, of course, Marianne doesn't see uh, things that aren't around you. She's not a psychic that way. She'll pick up what you oh. don't see, though, in terms of spirits nearby. So is anybody accompanying Mark? Well... No, but let me give you this little bit of advice. Anybody that dreams of a family member or a friend that has died, that means they are in heaven or whatever you perceive that to be. They are not stuck. They are where they're supposed to be. And when you dream of these people, you can actually have a conversation with them. Talk back and forth. Now, unfortunately, they still don't know the lottery numbers, but you can get all kinds of nice information. And if it's something that has to be settled between you and somebody else, it can be settled in a dream. 
Um, earthbound spirits can never get in dreams. Now, it usually takes about six months for a person to have a dream for the first time. It can take up to two years, but eventually you will have the dream of these people, and you can, you know, the I'm sorry's and work it out. It'll be fine. But as far as your house goes or where you're calling from now, you are clear. There is nothing there. Excellent. All right. Thanks for calling, Mark. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. We'll pick it up with Bill and Bala. There's room for you, 888-876-5593, 8888-R-O-L-L-Y-E. Check out MarianneWinkowski.com. It's Mary, M-A-R-Y-A-N-N-W-I-N-K-O-W-S-K-I.com. Or there's a link right on Raleigh.net. And if you haven't finished all your Christmas shopping, man, she's got some great charms and other things there as well. So we'll pick it up in moments right here on WGN Radio. WGN Radio. I'm Raleigh James. That's Jimmy Rogers, the world I used to know. 1964 on dot. Not a big hit. Got to about number 51 nationally. Rod McEwen wrote it. I thought Jimmy's version was the absolute best of that. And 63 years ago this week, he was picking, peaking on the Billboard Hot 100 chart at number 7 with Kisses Sweeter Than Wine. I didn't want to play that. I want to play something I liked. Plus, it reminded me of people who uh, uh, maybe are not in the world they used to know anymore. Well, actually, they're still right here, but you can't see them. And we're talking to Mary Ann Winkowski, MaryAnnWinkowski.com. And how many of the ghosts are frustrated, Mary, that you see them, but everybody else doesn't? I mean, they're seeing the rest of the world, but no one's seeing them. You know, it's interesting. I think they pretty much get used to it after a while, and I think that's when they finally realize I can talk to them. They never shut up. <laughs> so they drop the quarter in their ear, and they just run off. Oh, and But on the other hand, that's why people have to be very careful with Ouija boards, because... Oh. When you are calling somebody in on a Ouija board, especially a teenager, uh, with everything that's going on in their lives, you never know what they're going to get. And unfortunately, well, I'm not a Ouija board fan at all, but, you know, somebody that was 13 or 14 had a sleepover with a bunch of girlfriends pull out a Ouija board and hear... 15, 16 years later, that ghost is still attached to that girl from the time she was 13. Never been married, has a rotten life. Um, so, but they're, they, if they want to talk to you bad enough, they will get your attention. But unfortunately, if you realize you have a ghost in your house, what most people do, you got to get out of here. I swear, don't stay here. I'm telling God to get rid of you. Oh, God. And they're laughing at you. They're laughing at you because you don't scare them. And all you're doing is giving them more energy. Oh, sure, sure. Now, with that in mind, I hear the absolute worst thing to do is decide you're going to sprinkle holy water. Oh, boy, you betcha. It's okay if an ordained priest or minister comes in and, you know, throws all the holy water around they want but not a layperson that really, really upsets them. And, you know, just just avoid it. Don't talk to them. Talking to them gives them more energy. 
you know, it's it would be like this. You've got a ghost in your house, and you sort of think, yeah, maybe I do, maybe I don't. I know my purse was moved. I'm the only one. I'm living here alone. I uh, so who turned off the dryer? Um, where'd my earring go? I took two off, and there's only one left on the you know, you know on my dresser. And then you start thinking, that's it. I've had enough. So you say, hey. Who's ever here, you've got to go. <laughs> That's a big mistake because now who's ever there realizes, aha, they finally know I'm here. Yeah. All they're going to do is act up more, so you yell at them more. A lady called me up. She says, do I have anything in my house? I said, you do. I said, there's a nice little looking old man sitting in, in the living room. I said, Sort of cute, maybe 80-ish. I mean, it's like grandpa-looking, a cute little bald-headed man. And she said, and I love when people do this to me, she says, well, where is he sitting in the living room? Oh. Well, he's sitting in the recliner. Which recliner? And I said, the one with the plaid throw on it. She had two recliners in there, one with the solid Afghan and one mm. with that that was a colored one. And she, so I testing me, is he really there? So I said, yeah. So she says, okay. She says, well, I want you to come out. I says, gosh. I says, you know, I think if you smudge, he'll leave. I says, he doesn't seem to, you know, to have too big of a foothold, and it's going to take me at least three weeks to get out there. No, no, I'm going to wait. I said, okay. So go out there and... Uh, walk in, and uh, this little guy comes tearing out of the dining room, and he's screaming and yelling, and he's, like, bouncing off walls. I said to her, for heaven's sake, what did you do? I said, he's so agitated. She says, ha. She says, I've been telling him for three weeks, at least three times a day, boy, you just wait, Mary Ann's coming. Oh, no. I said, oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I just love that. <laughs> oh, no. Do you remember the story about the air, or is this, or is this a new one of, with the airline pilot? No. <laughs> this girl calls me up, and she says, do I have anything in my house? I said, you do. I said, you have two ghosts. She said, uh, can you come out? And I said, yes. And I said, you're married. She said, yes. I said, is your husband going to be there? And she says, oh, I hope not. And I said, oh, okay. He doesn't believe this. And she goes, no. I says, gosh, what does he do? She says, oh, he, he is an airline pilot. And I said, gotcha. I said, uh, for what airline? She goes, well, she says, he, he, he works for a private company. He ferries around rock stars and and shaws and real important people and i'm not being mean but some pilots have such egos you have no idea and so i thought okay so pull in the driveway there's two cars parked in the driveway they have vanity plates and the vanity plates are in order and i thought darn he's home so get to in the house and sit down with her at the kitchen table and Ted was with me, my husband was with me, but he doesn't sit with me when I talk to a client. Mm. So he went and sat in the living room. And I says, where's your husband? She says, oh, he's upstairs, she said, but 
he'll be down in a few minutes. And I said, okay. So I start talking to her. And, you know, you hear him come in, and he walks into the kitchen, and he leans against the door jam, and he crosses his arms across his chest. Right. And he sort of grunted at me. I'm thinking, oh, great. So I'm talking to her, but I'm looking at him. I'm trying to keep him in the conversation. Mm -hmm. I said something, and he says, oh, for heaven's sakes, you looked that up on a computer. I said, no, actually, I don't even touch a computer, I said, so, but you can think whatever you want. And so I'm I'm talking, and, and finally I said something else, and he says, you know, this is ridiculous. He says, you had to look that up. I said, you know, I'll tell you what. I said, I didn't knock on your front door and ask to come in your house. Your wife invited me. I says, I don't care if you don't believe what I'm telling you, but stop being so rude. I says, go sit in the living room with my husband. And first of all, after I turned a certain age, I lost my... I, I, it just comes out anymore. Yeah. I, I don't hold anything back anymore. I don't blame you. Life is too short. And I looked at her, I looked at the wife, and oh my gosh, she was bright red. I says, I am so sorry. I says, I shouldn't have said that. I figured I really got her in trouble. Yeah. And she said, no, no, you really needed to hear that. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, you should have said something. Right. But I didn't. So we get all done, I let those go, and I said to her, I want to say goodbye to your husband. She says, oh, yeah, I don't think that's a real good idea. I says, no, 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 no. I says, I hug everybody when I leave. She says, no, I, I don't think he would appreciate that. I says, well, I'm, I says, I'm going. And I walked in the living room, and here off the living room, there was a little room that sort of looked like maybe a library, a small library, and there was a desk in it, and it was facing out, and he was sitting behind the desk, and he was reading a newspaper. So I said, uh, hey, I'm leaving. I says, come on over here and give me a hug. Goodbye. And he said something like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. I says, no, no. I says, I, I yeah, want to leave on a happy note. He says, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not... I'm not coming out to hug you. So I, Ted had stood up so we could go. I said, sit down, hon. We're not going anywhere. Ah. And I started to walk toward the couch to sit down. And he went, oh, for God's sake. And he comes out from around the desk. And he comes up to me. And I put my hands on his shoulders. And I leaned in. And I said, Judy, in your wife's bed, shame on you. Ah. Ah. And he pushed me back, and he just looked at me, and he glanced to where his wife was standing, and I said, no, I didn't tell her yet, and he just stared at me. Judy was his wife's best friend, and when she was at work and he was in town, they were doing the deed, which was not nice, and so... I said, well, you have a real good day, and I turned around to leave, and then I turned back at him, and I said to him, oh, by the way, I got that off a computer. Ah, that's great. That's that's just the best story. And he looked at me, uh. 
And so I said, I hugged his wife goodbye, and we left. Ted said, what was that about? I says, oh, I don't know. I says, we're going to see. So I filled him in. I really never call anybody back. I figured if it didn't work, they're going to call me. Uh-huh. But I was worried about her. You know, I didn't know if he was knocking her over. I didn't know. Yeah. I just didn't know. So I called her up in about a week, and I said, so, hey, how's the house? She says, oh, my God, it's wonderful. She says, I didn't know this house could be this quiet. She's going on how great it is. I says, mm, how's your husband? She said, he hasn't been this good since the week we were married. Ah! She said, I don't know what that ghost was doing to him, I'm thinking. Yeah. Nothing, honey. <laughs> he was doing it himself. <laughs> oh, that's, that is the best story. I'm talking to Marianne Winkowski, and sorry to Bob and Bill. We will get to you, I promise, before the hour is out. In fact, we'll do that in moments right here on WGN Radio. WGN Radio, I'm Raleigh James. Going to forego the bumpers because time is marching on. And as I say, I don't want to waste a second here. I'm talking to Marianne Winkowski. Go to Raleigh.net. You will get the links. And let's check out... Bob in Northwest Indiana. What do you think, Bob? Hey, Raleigh. How are you, honey? All right. Um, I've got a question. I come from a family where half of my six sisters had the sight. I have a brother who is reincarnated. But I don't, I didn't get any of the gifts. The only thing I got was the ability to be a drunken Irish. In 1903, it was the city offices. It was then the fire station, back when they were still horse-drawn wagons. It was also the city jail. Okay. And during a time of great need, it was turned into a temporary morgue. And so you want to know, do you have any ghosts? Yeah, is there anything rolling around in here that I can't see? What do you think, Marianne? Yeah, yeah, you actually do. This is this is pretty active. Um, you do have two ghosts in the house. How many people live in the house? In my apartment, just me. Okay. Well, there's there's definitely two. There's other families that live in this building, though. Correct. There's one girl that lives up in the top floor, and that's it. Okay. Okay. Well, I think the one ghost goes between you and the other renter or the other person that lives there. Uh, But the one is definitely yours. There's no doubt about that. And I, you know, uh, he's very comfortable. It's a man. He's very comfortable around you. I think he's probably been around you probably for a good five or six years. He seems like he's he's pretty well, you know, in, and he doesn't he doesn't like it. And uh, you have a lot of relatives, okay? But he likes it if you are more on your own. He really doesn't like it when you're around people. He wants well, you I, just to be I'm a hermit. his friend. I'm a hermit. Well, that's what he likes. Yeah. And that's yeah. what he likes then. And is that your choice, or you're just comfortable with that now? I, I'm very comfortable with it now. Yeah, well, then you're getting along great. I wow. guess I yeah. wouldn't worry about it. If you thought it was a problem, I would start smudging. But if you're okay with it, then don't worry about it. All right. No, I'm, I'm fine. 
Good Thank deal, you. Bob. Thanks for calling. Good. I appreciate it. Yeah, that that's great. All right, so uh, one more call and just about uh, two more minutes. So let's uh, check out Bill in Bala. So, Bill. Hi there. Yeah. Uh, Marianne started, at, started the hour out by talking about self-centered people, and I have a very self-centered relative who is in hospice right now. So I have two questions I'm hoping Marianne can answer. The first one is, does self-centered behavior tend to keep individuals earthbound, and is there anything I can do because she is in hospice to help move her towards the light? Because if there's one thing I'm anxious not to have happen is for her to stick around after she's gone. Because okay. as I would say, say otherwise, one, her if she is, thinks she has to be in control and nobody can get along without her and she has to know what's going on, that could be a reason why she does not cross over. However, being that she's in hospice, a lot of times when people are in that situation, the white light shows up a little bit early, maybe three or four days before they actually die. And they start saying, well, gee, there's my brother over there, and I see mom, and I see... And they start seeing people that they know and loved in the light that is trying to coax her to come. They don't want her to be stuck. They're going to want her to come to them. So if there's somebody that she has really loved and they're dead and she really misses them, that person could very easily talk her into crossing over. Excellent. All right, Bill, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. So uh, it goes far too fast. So I want to impose upon you to publicly ask if you'll come join us again soon. I certainly will. Let's do it in January when it's snowy and we can't go anywhere. Of course, it's snowing like heck oh, here right is it, now. Is it ever? So, yeah, MarianneWinkowski.com and, of course, YouTube. And I've got the links on Raleigh.net. And can't wait to talk again. Thank you, Marianne. Oh, thanks so much. It was fun. Yeah.